Hey, Your Honor, can you take these chains off me? Can you come and take these chains off me? Your Honor, can you take these chains off me? Can you come and take these chains off me? I did it for the land of the brave, home of the free. Boss the one who's more patriotic than me. Your Honor, listen to me. Can you come and take these chains off me? Can you come and take these chains off me? Label me a white supremacist for asking questions. I get it. Demonize and silence me because you notice I pay attention. Telling only half the story, ignoring my real intentions. We ain't stumped no capital. We were simply paying a visit. If America was a building, then it was burning. Burning and blazing, I try to save it. I'd run inside and pull out my neighbors. Don't it sound crazy? That's some crazy, cause on January, that was the reason. These politicians committing treason, we came to cease it. Your Honor, can you take these chains off me? Can you come and take these chains off me? Your Honor, can you take these chains off me? Can you come and take these chains off me? I did it for the land of the brave, home of the free. Boss the one who's more patriotic than me. Your Honor, listen to me. Can you come and take these chains off me? Can you come and take these chains off me? Hey. Free all my justice. We marching to the capital while singing Star Spangled Banner. Take my race or take my life. Under if I gotta fight, so it don't matter. Oh, say, can you see by them dawns early lights? Dawns early lights, what's so proudly we held At the twilight's last gleaming We want freedom! We want freedom! We want peace! That pepper spray tastes like chicken! Hey, welcome back, folks, to episode 37 of Freedom Unchained. I'm your infamous host, Joseph Thomas, also known as Pi Anon. I am a January 6th defendant and have vowed to be the voice for J6ers and those that cannot speak. So a voice for the voiceless of the politically persecuted. That way we can share their stories, their side of things, and you can come up with your own conclusions and not just have to take your information from the lamestream, mainstream propaganda media talking heads on TV. We want to make sure that the whole story is told, the truth, and nothing but the truth, sharing their side. And that is the goal that we have tried to achieve. Certainly appreciate each and every one of you that have taken the time to sit back and listen to their side of the story directly from their mouths straight from their heart they tell you what they have been going through through their eyes it is a good thing to be able to come up with discernment to hear all sides of the story that way you can make your own decisions some of the things that we've heard have been completely atrocious police brutality judicial injustice bias within the prosecution But also we've heard that some of them have done some bad things, and that is unfortunate, but it is the truth. And all we've been asking for is to not turn a blind eye to the law, but that all justice should be fair, true, and blind on both sides of the aisle. Equal justice under the law. If someone broke a window or assaulted a police officer, then they need to be held to account fairly that's the catch that's what many of us are not seeing many are getting fair trials many many are not with that as well 
I certainly want to appreciate all of you that have shown support for the families that are going through these trying times. The kind words, the prayers, the voice messages, and singing the anthem at 9 p.m. Eastern every night and posting it online to show that you stand in solidarity with Americans that are being held under the federal government unlawfully. Holding somebody in prison for over two and a half years without trial is an injustice in my opinion, and I know that many of you agree with me with that as well. And for that, I thank you for standing up and speaking out. Today we're going to bring in another excerpt, extract, clip, whatever you want to call it, from my live stream Coffee and Pie, where we dive deep into January 6th footage, raw, uncut, unedited. That way you can see the truth for yourself. You can find it on Rumble and Foxhole if you're so interested. The link will be in the description box. But today we have an update from a January 6th defendant that we have interviewed previously named Brian Smith. He gives an update on his case, on the status where he's at within his fight within the courts for his freedom, and he will be defending himself pro se, which means without representation. That is a very tough battle to take upon yourself. So we definitely give a hat tip to him for facing that beast head on alone. But he knows that he's not alone because he has an entire nation that stands behind him. And his faith tells him that he has God standing in there with him as well. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Make sure you check the description box to see everything that we've been getting involved in. Because we want to make sure that you have all of the information to see the truth of what happened that day. And the injustices that have happened to many of us after. You need to get you some gear. Get a hoodie, hat, t-shirt, coffee mugs, any type of drinkware, really. They even have tumblers that say, I prefer some keck in my kofefi. But all sorts of Sing for Freedom merchandise, decals for the windows of your car. That way you can show everybody around you that you believe in America, that you believe in freedom, and that you're willing to stand up and speak out and fight for American values to protect our children, to stand up for those that are being politically persecuted. And you can also snub your nose at the branded administration and say, enough is enough, old man. This is our country, and we are not going to take it. We will not comply. We do not consent because we, the people, are making patriotism sexy again. All sorts of sizes, styles colors, anything that you're looking for, p2pprinting.com, forward slash pi in on, P-I-A-N-O-N, P2P printing, that's P like Patriot, the number two, P like Patriot again, printing.com, that's where we go for all of our merch, and every bit of it goes to help keep what we're doing alive, Freedom Unchained, being a thorn in the establishment, getting the truth and the information, the people's stories out there away from the mainstream, lamestream talking heads on TV, as well as getting America to sing the national anthem every night at 9 p.m. because it has become a national campaign making an international difference, standing up for freedom and singing on behalf of those that are being politically persecuted and telling the branded administration where they can stick it. So go check out p2pprinting.com forward slash pie and on, or just click on the link in the description box. Take you directly to my page on their website and get your gear. You know you can make it look good. Without further ado, I'm going to bring in my special guest, 
And I just want to let them know this is uncut and raw. So feel free to use whatever language you wish to use. Um, I smoke while doing my podcast. I know a lot of folks don't do that, but I'm not everybody. Um, He was at January 6th. He was arrested because of it. His life has been destroyed. But I want you to hear the story from him directly because he knows it best. I'd like like to welcome Brian Smith to Coffee and Pie. Hey, Hey, man, it's great to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you on. Now, just a heads up to folks. We did an interview on the audio podcast on Spotify. So, um, sorry, I got distracted by a message. Uh, You want to get some extra details that you won't get here today about his story and about his case, uh, check out the uncut um, Spotify episode of Brian Smith. I forget what I titled that one. I, it was something clever, though. Um, I think I think when uh, we were talking about doing that interview, Joe, it was about the um, I think it was about the squat, quiet skies program. So I think I think you had I think it, I think it might have been labeled that or, or or something like that, like Homeland Security tyranny or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, maybe I'm a, domestic. I'm a I don't know. Do, do, yeah. do the cover search. You can go through the gambit. I'm a, I'm a witty sob, so I came up with something clever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, <clears throat> so so glad to have you here. Um, just for my audience's sake that haven't heard the uh, audio podcast on Spotify, uh, kind of give us a breakdown of who you are before January sixth. Well. I can tell you what I did before January 6th was significantly different. Um, my, you know, my, my standard of life, my family's standard of life was significantly different um, before, I mean, not before January 6th, but before, you know, they, they decided that they were going to, they were going to target me um, and, 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 and do what they do best. Uh, it seems unfortunately, but uh, my name is Brian Smith and um, I, I've, I was in the army for nine and a half years uh, as an aviator, as a helicopter aviator. And um, I've worked for the army, um, for the government, for the Department of Defense and the Department of the Army uh, since then. So roughly 12 years after that. So for a total of about 20 going on, it would have been 21 this year um, that I've worked for the army, um, you know, had I not been, you know, had my clearance pulled and you know, they say it takes an act of Congress to get fired from the government, but not if you're uh, not 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 uh, when you had a top secret clearance and uh, you were a direct government employee related to January 6th. So they pulled my clearance and then used the um, I forgot what it, it, HR was originally trying to use COVID and the nature of my job because they weren't letting me travel. Um, that was their, that was that was when they announced to me that they were going to be letting me go and like at the fiscal year, like uh, at October 31st, right? So that's when the end of the fiscal year for the U.S. government. So um, that's when they said it was going to be my last day because they, they, um, you know, because I wasn't able to travel for the last year and a half um, because of the, you know, the, oh, wait, you said we can say anything we want. I forgot we're not doing it for fluff too. Um, you know, the vaccine, you know what I mean? I had a le- an accommodation letter um, that I had submitted um, for an exemption, Um religious and medical i had a doctor's note as well um so i had i had two exemptions in but they never approved the exemption and their policy at the time when i was in was you couldn't travel without it so um that's what it started as but when that day actually came um you know to go to chr and to get you know my 
my slip or whatever, um, the letter actually just, it, it didn't say anything about my travel. It just said that they were doing a reduction in force, like a general reduction in force. Um, you know, they, they didn't even have the courage to put on there, you know, the real reason, which is because the government directed them many months ago when they were, you know, when the FBI came into, you know, the, you know, the offices that I worked in or like my, my, my head office, which was on the base. And, and I worked for a, um, a foreign military project office that, that supplied uh, our foreign military coalition partners with with equipment you know obviously i specialized in aircraft but um so it was reduction yeah. in reduction in force um don't they typically get rid of the contractors before they start getting rid of active duty yeah yeah typically they do so um definitely like uh, so i wasn't on i wasn't on active duty so i was a i was a gs grade servant right so i was a I was a GS 13 with the U S government. And so, but it was a direct, it, I wasn't contracted to the government. I've done that for, for several years, you know, since I got out to working for a company that had a contract with the government and, but I worked for Boeing or I worked for Sikorsky or whatever. Right. Uh, but this was not that I, I was a direct government employee for the last four, four, almost five years before this happened. So I was working for a contractor was not able to keep my position because of a contract turnover and so i went on direct with the government and and i was just a straight government you know a public servant you know civil service um employee but um yes typically typically when they do a reduction in force they inform the contractor that you know they're they're they, you know they don't need so many people that the you know the contract's moving down from 20 to 10. um but ironically enough i, I the only person i'm aware of that exited right there at the fiscal year so i don't know if they let other people go or whatever but i mean it was it was all a ruse anyways you know what i mean i once i started getting discovery i mean i realized how many people had been talked to when i got you know when i got the 808 what is it, the, the 802s or whatever from the, where the fbi you know writes their notes or whatever after they talk to somebody oh, the 302. 302. Yeah, 302. 302. 302. um and you know a lot of these people you know some of my supervisors, you know, the security office, they never even mentioned to me that anybody had came talk to them and they had talked to them many, many months before that. So, um, you know, it was obviously a secret, you know what I mean? To keep from me. But, yeah. Good um, figure. Yeah. So anyways, that happened, you know, I lost my clearance. There's, there's, there's no way to do the job that I was doing, uh, without a clearance anyways. So, um, but you know, that coupled with their domestic terror, terrorist list and everything else, you know, has precluded me from gaining any other employment. Um, and uh, so, you know, that, that that's who I was before I was I was an army veteran, a father for husband, you know, just the average American, you know, 40 year old, 38 year old, I guess, when this happened. Um, individual not unlike yourself and and thousands of other people um that are being persecuted for this um but uh, on the day that they decided to unseal my indictment or, or a little bit before that i caught wind of it but um you know everything changed from that point forward you know um i was already kind of uh, getting additional scrutiny because of my non-compliance with with the with the COVID stuff um, kind of because of the nature of the, my position, not that I was important, but I, I was, you know what I mean? I was a tech lead for a major project office and, and a high enough pay grade that 
I'm not supposed to buck the system from up there. You know what I mean? Like I'm supposed to set the example, you know what I mean? But um, the nature of this was like, you could instantly tell the way that the government did it, who had done, you know, the stuff, you know, the stuff they asked them to and who didn't during COVID, right? Um, certain people had to, you know what I mean? That, you know, take, take a test every Monday before they went in and, um, you know, obviously they weren't allowed to travel. So it wasn't really hard to pick out the people in our office that weren't traveling at a certain time and figure out, you know, well, he really should be there. You know, he's the tech lead. Why isn't he there? Oh, it's probably because he didn't do that. Right. So that was kind of setting a, a bad example in their eyes. Um, so um, I had already been getting persecuted, if you will. You know what I mean? Like they would, you know, since they would come and put like, you know, the, the mask signs, like tape them to my computer screen, you know, when I was out of the office before I came in the next time, like saying that masks were required when you're in the facility, because I refused to wear those too. I mean, I had my own office. Um, most of the people were teleworking, you know what I mean? I, I just walked from my car straight to the elevator, go straight to my office and close the door. Like, what, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't near anybody. So um, because of my unwillingness to capitulate to, you know, the rules that they were setting, that started the additional scrutiny, but once the once the FBI started, uh, you know, making it known that they were looking into me and coming in the office, I mean, I, I felt like I had leprosy. You could just cut the tension with a knife, you know what I mean? You knew that everybody was seeing something and talking about something, and and you just didn't know what it was, you know what I mean? I kept looking in the mirror thinking I had a zit or something the time I walked in the office or whatever, but... um. Yeah, so so that's that that's when everything changed, you know. And shortly thereafter, um, you know, they 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 made contact with me um, and said that they wanted to talk to me. Um, I'm sure, like, I, I don't know. So a lot of people didn't get that. Uh, didn't get that courtesy. Yeah, that courtesy, that luxury. Um, unfortunately, like you know, a few years before that, I would have never thought that I would have been somebody who had to say I'm, I'm sorry but i don't believe you because when they called me they said that they needed my help with another case that they were working right um which turned out to be a lie so i guess my my concerns were valid when uh i i said that you know i didn't feel comfortable going in to talk with them um and that uh i had an attorney i, I had an attorney anyways that i had on retainer for you know because i work for the government and occasionally there's things that come up like when i renew my clearance or you know what I mean? If there was if there was something like that, so um, I I I I gave him my attorney's number, and uh, then I didn't hear anything for for a little while, and then you know then they they contacted me again, or they contacted my new attorney. I switched attorneys during that time period. He he contacted me after they talked to him and said he didn't. Uh, he, he he was informing me that it was in my best interest to retain somebody a little more specialized that he would he didn't feel like he it would be the best thing for him to continue to represent me um, based on the conversation he had he said he felt like I was right that they were not being forthcoming and there you know what I mean there was something else going on so I hired a different attorney uh, and uh, they contacted him several times over a couple of months. And um, the last time was in November of last year, so almost exactly a year to the day. And um, they they told him that they uh, they got an indictment um, or they unsealed the indictment. I found out that they had actually got the indictment a year before that. They just 
chose not to not to uh, unseal it you know until they could i don't know it's speculation at, at at this point for me but the only the only thing that i think any reasonable person would conclude was they um they didn't feel like uh they either didn't feel like uh they had enough evidence you know to move forward and in the time in the timeline that they would have to when they unsealed it which i don't really think i think it was really more that they they needed time to 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 let the stuff play out with the government because there's only certain times that they were going to be able to exit at me out of there um, because of the nature of my job you know being the end of the fiscal year and stuff um and i was already funded through there so what excuse would they get give if uh if they tried to fire me before before the new funding came in right so um I think it was it was that they were trying to put me in a position where when they did indict me and and start this process that it was really gonna it was really gonna clamp down for maximum damage or maximum pressure anyways you know as far as financially and stress-wise and whatever else so right so um because you have a pending case i don't want to touch too much detail on your uh presence at the capitol uh but we did actually just cover video in a previous episode here uh, where it shows you standing in front of a makeshift door at the bottom of some scaffolding and the cop opens the door starts yelling at you and then you turn and look at them and say i'm the only person keeping people out of this door please don't spray me and you're trying to keep people out and uh, one of the guys even gets a little physical and you you know put him in his place and then uh try to convince the officer to inform one of their co-workers to not spray you because they showed up a little late to that uh, scenario. And so, you know, it shows, in my opinion, that you're doing a noble thing and trying to keep the peace and de-escalate folks. Um, and I did. I pointed you out. I was like, oh, there's Brian. And uh, so I mean, you know. honestly, the nature the nature of, of me being at that part of the Capitol that day was, uh, you know what I mean? I was I was looking for someone. That's that's what brought me over into that area. Um, but once I got over there, like I was very, very confused, Joe, um, to say the least. Um, I, I, you know, almost immediately upon m- me getting within a few hundred feet of it, I started hearing, you know what I mean, the concussion of the flashbangs, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" You know what I mean? Because I had been up in the Lips area, you know what I mean, where there was, you know, clearly over a million people there. I mean, I've never seen so many people in one spot in my life. Um, they had been gathered there since very early in the morning. Some of them had been there since the night before. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, everybody was in. There, there was not one iota of violence or or anything. So, you know, for you know, within a very short period of time. Um, sorry about that, bill collector. <laughs> um, what is it called? The uh, within a very short period of time of of when I estimate most people arrived at the back or the west side of the Capitol, you know, based on how far of a walk it is from there. Um, I, I didn't understand why, like what could have spawned, you know what I mean? The law enforcement officers to be loading those those 230 canisters on the bottom of their rifles and, and shooting, you know, flat percussion grenades out into the crowd, you know what I mean? And then also I, I saw cans being popped of CS from the upper terrace and being thrown down into a, a crowd of, you, you know, what I, what I observed and, you know, walking up and, uh, you know, what, I, you know, even, even past that, 
uh, of of a peaceful crowd. I mean, this was not a bunch of young middle-aged males. I mean, there was grandparents there, there was children there, there was, you know, I mean, it was, you know, everything from, you know, seven and eight-year-olds that were there with their grandmother, grandpa, their parent, or whatever, to, you know, veterans like yourself and, and myself, you know, middle-aged veterans, to, you know what I mean, uh, pregnant women and, 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 like I said, elderly people that, you know, just went to, went, went to hear President Trump speak at the rally and, and let their presence and their concern be known to their, you know what I mean, to their elected representatives as the constitution purports to, um, be, be one of our, our, our core rights, you know? Yeah. Myself, I, one of the first acts of violence I ever witnessed while I was there was actually um, Metro police tear gassing an elderly woman and her grandchild. So that, uh, you know, that changed my rhetoric pretty quick. Um, but either I've way, seen, uh, I've seen videos out there, you know, like scouring the internet and who knows what's true anymore and what's not true, but I can tell you for a thousand percent certainty, you know what I mean? There's been these, these hoax videos, you know what I mean? These uh, false flag, you know, type of things, and you know, calling, calling the, you know what I mean? The, 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 the that there was no, there was no CS. That this was like fake, fake smoke and fake whatever. And and I'm telling you, as somebody who's who's intimately familiar with 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 CS gas and uh, which is just military grade vaporized mace, basically. Um, you know, being in the army, going through the gas chamber several times um, for training purposes, that was real CS. You know what I mean? I, I, I know what it tastes like. I know what it does to your eyes. I know what it does to your nose. And and I got mouths full of it on multiple occasions that day. And that's exactly what was happening. Was there possibly, you know, you know, people that were paid to be there or whatever and, and, and causing damage and, and, and doing things for cameras? Maybe possibly. I don't know. I you know, there's no way for me to know, but I can tell your listeners and anybody who comes across this video that that's not the case. Um, just from somebody, I, I know that that you also experience it and can attest to that. But you know, there, there two things can simultaneously be be happening at the same time, and there was definitely CS canisters being being shot out of the bottom of those and percussion grenades. I know what a flashbang is as well. Um, yeah, and, and those those were real flashbangs. And those were real CS canisters. Absolutely. Um, when I first caught a whiff of uh, CS gas, tear gas is typically what it's called. Um, you know, when I first caught a whiff of that is when I turned and looked at my wife and said, uh, get my daughter out of here. Something's wrong. Um, that was before we made it to the Capitol. Uh, we were heading in that direction. And then, um, you know, he actually like she asked me to leave. And I was like, I, there's nowhere for me to go. You got to go home. And I had to go back to work in the morning. So. Uh, two completely different areas. I was working in Virginia and at the time we were living in West Virginia. Um, and for those that don't know, that is two completely different states. But it surprises me. Sometimes people mix it up. West Virginia came to be, if, if people have not looked into that. I mean, we don't need to go into it in the podcast today, but like um, West Virginia is a, is a, um, they're, they're a, they're a maverick, you know, as far as like the states go. And uh, it's, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good history lesson if anybody hasn't looked into it. Absolutely. 1863. And uh, West Virginia looks like somebody's giving a middle finger. 
you know, mm-hmm. that. And so I always joke around saying we've been giving the middle finger to the rest of the country since 1863. Um, pretty true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was in the army with a few people from from West Virginia, and I had never I had never been there previous um, to that. But I have been to West Virginia at this point, and and for the you know, I live in Alabama. I'm not from Alabama. I moved here seven years ago, uh, seven eight years ago now. Ooh, longer than that, Joe. Wow, time flies. Um, so I moved here in 2013. So nine going on 10 years, very close to 10 years. Um, nice. Yeah. So I've been here for 10 years in Alabama now, but um, I remember even when, when, when we we're, my wife and I were moving from Colorado, that's where I was working previous to this is at Fort Carson. And, uh, and I told her like, you know, Hey, you know, I got a job in Alabama because uh, I got laid off during the Obamacare stuff with the government shutdown, whatever else. So went looking for work and, I got a job out, out out here in Hunts in Huntsville, and uh, I, you know, she her biggest hangup was the name of the state Alabama. West Virginia has a, a similar connotation. Like uh, there's been a a narrative run, like kind of on repeat. You know, as far as like I remember that that both of those states are just full of you know hillbillies with one tooth, and uh, and um, you know there's nothing there. You don't even don't even bother going there, and. Um, it's two of the freest states there is, you know what I mean? And it couldn't be the opposite, you know, like the, the, you know, this area, just because of Redstone Arsenal, which has a sketch of pass, but because of the industry that's here, you know, with the home of army aviation and NASA and, um, you know, and, uh, AMCOM, you know, and, uh, the, the missile defense agency, MDA, um, like every defense contractor, major defense contractor you can think of in the world has a headquarters here, right? So this town is full of pilots, engineers, r- literal rocket scientists. I mean, it's like, that's what's in North Alabama and that's what you find here. And and it's like, you know, but, but people hear the word Alabama or West Virginia and it's like, you just don't know until you've experienced it. And it's beautiful country over there. Absolutely. And then whenever I worked in Alabama uh, with the utility companies, I always joke around said, you know, because I like to play with stereotypes uh, when it comes to stuff like that. And when I got there and realized that it was the nation's headquarters for rocket science, I joked around with my friends. I said NASA must have wanted to save money on a dental plan. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, it's rare to find anybody in this town. Um, and and I, I think th- this is where you actually got arrested, right? This is where they, they yeah. chose to um, serve you and take you down so that that's that, that's another weird uh connection that that joe and i have we were we we the same uh the same field office took us down even though we we lived in completely different states several hundred miles away from each other absolutely and um yeah they hit me with the fbi counterterrorism swat team at the parking lot of the hotel as i was headed out to work pretty crazy um <clears throat> yeah, well, they, so, they did something similar to me even though they contacted my attorney um and told them that like because what I was afraid of, which is kind of everybody's fear, especially when they find out that the FBI has been looking into them, especially, I mean, this was going on at least a year and a half into what they had been doing. Right. So I was, I was, I was intimately familiar with the tactics they'd been using the no knock warrant serving, um, you know, night service of, of these warrants, um, even for the nonviolent offenses. Um, and, 
that's what terrified me. I mean, like you can do what you want to me, but having at the time, it would have been a a six-year-old and a five-year-old in the home. You know what I mean? And I have two other kids, two teenagers, you know, witness that type of event and have their, you know, have a SWAT team in their house, flashlights, you know, you know, automatic rifles. You know, I have a Doberman here, which almost certainly would would not know what's going on, but get, you know, shot or whatever. Like the, the, this is what's going through my head. They're going to kick in the door. The dog's going to run to the front door because the alarm's going to go off. And, uh, you know, the dog's going to get shot. My kids are going to hear all this noise and come out and dad's going to be on the floor. There's going to be like like scary men in black ski masks and friggin and, and riot gear on top of them, putting them in handcuffs. And the dog's going to be dead on the floor and like they're never going to get over it. You know what I mean? Like they're like this is going to be ingrained in their head. So it was the biggest it, I mean, that that was that was my biggest fear. And so like when 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 they were when they were on the phone with me, I said, you know, you know, this is my attorney's name. And, uh, you know, it, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I heard you're ta- you, you know, you were you were talking to my supervisors or wanted to talk to me, um, you know, but if for any reason. Because I told them when they called me, I said, you know, the only way that I'm going in there is if you subpoena me or get an indictment. That's the only way I'm going to talk to you because you know, I, I don't trust you. So, um, you know, at that point when they when they called back and I had a different attorney, um, uh, I said, I said, please, 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 if you do have a warrant, because I knew they were recording the conversation, like, do not you know, do not know, not serve it. Like I self surrender right now. Like I'll be there within 24 hours. Just contact me or my attorney and and I'll turn myself in because I wanted to have it on the record that I had already pre self surrendered. If they had enough evidence to get a warrant, like just tell me and I'll come down there. Um, I didn't know if it was going to work. It was kind of a hail Mary, but they did call my attorney and tell them right. That they were going to do it. However, comma, they, they weren't going to get their they weren't going to get their headline that way if me and my wife drove down there and i peacefully just walked into the fbi field office and said hi i'm brian you called my attorney and said that you had a warrant for me and i'm showing up you know what i mean so that way you know we can do whatever it is that you guys need to do they decided that they were going to take down my car I mean, literally, Joe, let me paint a picture for you. I think I did it on the audio podcast since people can (laughs) see. Uh, You remember back in the 90s when O.J. Simpson was with uh, his his I don't know if his brother-in-law or cousin or whatever in the white Bronco going down, going down the highway in L.A. And there was the slow speed chase, the slow speed chase. Right. So so at a certain point, um, I might have screwed with him a little bit just to make sure that I was getting followed. Um, in the beginning of it, which I think upset them. I mean, in the very beginning, like <laughs> right, after I, right after I turned off my road because I told my wife we're being we're being tailed, and she didn't believe me. So I proved it to her, and I think I think I think they got a little mad about that. But this is many miles away. I, I live about a thirty minute drive from the field office. So this, so um, anyways, I, they they let me drive all the way down to right in front of their field office. Like I just said, it's a 30 minute drive. But as I got onto the last highway, which is where the exit was to to go to the field office, um, they had they had Huntsville Police Department uh, officers that were pulled over on the shoulder um, that were about every 
half mile or so. So not only did I have the three or four SUVs, I started off with one. And by the time I got there, I had three, I think, because of my little confirming of a tail uh, maneuver <laughs> in my in my pickup truck. Uh, but the uh, but then I got to the to the like I said, that highway and and the, the police, there was nobody on the highway. It was completely empty. It was the weirdest thing because, I mean, you, you were here for a period of time. It's a busy town. There's there's the the roads can't grow fast enough. They can't do enough construction to widen. By the time they get it done more people have moved in. It needs to be done again. Right. So it was really weird that like it was, but there was police officers put one on this side, then another half mile on this side. You know, I know it's only going like two miles down there, but by the time I get off the exit, I've got the four SUVs and then I've got about six Huntsville police department um, cars and, and, and SUVs behind them just following me. There was nobody on that highway at all. They had stopped traffic on it for, for what I have no idea because not only, not only um, were they following me and, you know, they clearly saw I was still going in the direction of their office. Right. Um, but in, in addition to that, like there's two, there's two field offices in this town and I had not read the, uh, the email for my attorney close enough. And I, I saw the initials uh, uh, RSA like on the, on the email and instantly it was in the signature block, but that's where the address was too. Um, or RA, and I, I just assumed that it was the FBI office on Redstone Arsenal, right? RA. So I didn't even really look at the road. And some of the roads, like they're, they're the same off base as they are on base because they come into it, right? So um, e either way, we, we had went to the one on the base first. Then I called my attorney and said, hey, will you contact them? Just let them know that, yeah, I mean, they're only like, they're only like five minutes away from each other. Can you let them know that we went to the wrong field office, which they knew because they were following me, but just, just call them and let them know that we're still on our way down there. And, you know, I'll be there in 10 minutes or whatever. So not only were they following us, but the agent that was following us was on the phone with my attorney getting relayed the message that we're contacting you and letting you know that um, there was a delay, uh, Mis, you know, misunderstanding at the wrong office, which they already knew, <laughs> but, you know, they were, it was very, very clear that I was not fleeing the country. Right. So uh, we get right down in front of the FBI office and, you know, the one SUV pulls up and pulls, you know, slams on its brakes, kind of like sideways in front. Like, so we're at the stoplight. So picture, picture stoplight here, Joe, if I can get the camera to do it. And so here's the side road. And then here's the office right over, right over here, right? So I'm taking a left and then going into the parking lot right there. Like as soon as you take that left. So we're at the stoplight getting ready to take the left. And uh, the uh, as soon as we turn the green, green arrow, they come across the intersection like this and come into the middle of the road that we're turning into and slam on the brakes with the lights on, you know, guns, guns drawn, walking towards my truck, you know, my wife like this, you know, I mean, it's they're just like the whole deal, man. And then, so not only did they have me get out of the vehicle, you know, take my hat off, walk backwards, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then they had my wife get out of the vehicle, which is still in the street, walk backwards, put her in cuffs for a short period of time. But that absolutely infuriated me. But the, but the, but the biggest thing is, is like, as I'm walking backwards, I can spit into their parking lot. You know what I mean? We're there. I self-surrendered. But, you know, there's also like a large, like 
M&T Bank right there. I mean, this is in a this is in a very populated area um, of this town. Uh, like they're off there. The FBI office is on like the bottom floor of like a eight story building. There's office buildings all the way above that that field office, too. You know what I mean? Which are all, you know, professional, you know, people that are office people or whatever. I don't know what businesses are in there, but this is a very populated area. And now we've got six, seven, eight, nine, some, somewhere between like nine to 11 police department and, and federal vehicles taking down a red pickup truck in the middle of the road, guns drawn, people in cuffs, you know what I mean? People on their cell phones taking videos, but it's this whole spectacle when I had self-surrendered and I was on my way clearly to turn myself in. And not only that, like, you know what I mean? You did, you know, you slammed on your brakes in front of my wife who was driving the vehicle. You put her in cuffs. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she didn't do anything except for drive me. So that when my vehicle didn't stay down there, you know, it's like, I didn't know how long I was going to be in jail for. So but it's like all of this for, you know, for photo ops and for, so that way the local news channel would have a, you know, some good clips to put up there that night. You know what I mean? To, to, to tell all of my colleagues and friends and coworkers, you know, what a horrible person I was, you know what I mean? For their spectacle, since they didn't get to do their, you know, their, their weren't serving. So that was, that was kind of the first like outwardly thing that I was like, you know what I mean? Like that, that's, that, that was way over the line. Like that was completely unnecessary. And, uh, it, you know what I mean? It hurt, it hurt my heart to be honest with you. It's like, they also had a helicopter in the air for you, right? Uh, I don't know about the helicopter. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't remember there being a helicopter. I don't. I don't think I said that on the podcast. There quite possibly could have been uh, a helicopter, but at the time, as American as apple pie, as American as peanut butter and banana with a little bit of honey. Uh huh. Based out of South Carolina, America first, American made, America grown, American harvested, no communist bees guaranteed. MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. It helps keep America's working. It makes freedom taste oh so sweet. Completely raw honey, wildflower, not clover, because you don't need luck to find this good honey. MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. Give the Donald a squeeze. Why do I say that? Because the bottle looks like Donald J. Trump. MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. Use the promo code FREEDOM. Let them know that Pi sent you that little sweet deal that you're looking for to start your day, to brighten your day, and to maybe even make a pie for your leftist friend. Build some bridges. And then when they say, ooh, this pie tastes so great, show them the Donald Trump bottle, collectors, and watch their head explode. A little love and unity, sweeten the deal to help build bridges with those that might not agree that the orange man is the sweetest deal to come in 2024. MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com, promo code FREEDOM. Now, whenever, yeah. whenever, you, uh, whenever they did the arrest, um, I know you um, mentioned before that you kind of expressed your distaste of how they did it. Uh, what was something that the um, arresting officer said to you about how they arrested you? Um, I, I don't even remember what he said. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I, I asked him. I said. I said, well, would it, you know, why did you do this? Like, I know my attorney has been on the phone with you and I know that you've been following me since then. I mean, I was, I was very angry that they did it. 
So like, I, I, you know what I mean? It's kind of a fuss, but in the, in the moment, because when they arrested me, when they, when they, when they had me get out of the truck and walk back towards their car, um, like immediately after that, they had my wife do the same thing. And then they had my wife in cuffs. So like, I just kind of went red and I was just like, the only thing I remember is being like, get my fucking wife out of handcuffs right now. Like, like, like this is, you've way crossed. You can do whatever you want to me, but like, this is absolutely unacceptable because now they've got a picture of her. You know, there was a lot of people there. My wife is in the army. She's a commissioned officer in the reserves. She's also a GS employee with the government with a clearance. You know what I mean? Like the last thing I need is for, you know, that to hit the news or a picture with her face and it to be out there. You know what I mean? Just because mine is. And, and, and not only that, I mean, my wife is, maybe what I would describe possibly as the exact opposite of me. I've, I've always been kind of uh, what I describe as a, as a, as, as a boundary pusher or a line stepper, you know what I mean? Don't touch that, that right there, you know, like that's, 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 that's who I've been since I was a kid. You know what I mean? I've always kind of a little bit been a rebel without a cause or, you know, buck a gut up against authority or whatever. My wife is a rule follower. You know what I mean? Like, like the idea of her getting arrested or being in handcuffs or having guns pointed at her is, you know what I mean, would be like a traumatic event. You know what I mean? Like for me, I was, I was, I was nervous because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they were going to, I, I really believed they were going to, they were going to ship me to DC, you know what I mean? And, and not release me on bond. Um, but the unknown is what worried me, but like, those clowns aren't what worried me. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't the agents. It wasn't, it wasn't being arrested. It wasn't being in prison. It wasn't persecution. It was just the unknown. You know what I mean? Because like they they had large gaps in time before engagement. So it gave you like a false, not that it was forgot about, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like when you think something's going to happen, you know, you got your guard up. Right. And, and you've got like a plan A, B and C. Well, you know, from the first time they engaged and I found out they were talking with my my supervisors to when um, when they called back and said that they had, you know, the indictment and got a warrant and I needed to turn myself in or whatever. Um, that was that was like three and a half months. Right. So I got that call that night and then I had to be there at nine o'clock in the morning the next day. So there was like a sense of. Uh, did I remember everything? Is everything prepared? You know what I mean? If I, if I don't come back out of this jail for a year, you know what I mean? Or, or, or whatever, before I get a trial or, you know, I had no idea, Joe, you know, to be honest with you. I didn't know if they were going to put me in pre-trial detention. I didn't know if, you know, if, even if I, if I was in pre-trial detention, if, you know, how the, there hadn't been too many cases that had went through to prosecution at that time there'd been a lot of ones that had pled and charges been given but that had actually went through the process and said no i'm not going to take your plea deal and went and went to trial um they were just getting around to that so i didn't really have a lot of examples of what was happening after everybody's found guilty <laughs> you know so um right. yeah well what i remember from uh, our, our first interview um is you said that the officer uh, when you asked him about like, why are you guys doing this? He said, Washington told us to do it this way. Um, and so yeah. that just, that stuck out to me. Uh, but either way, 
Uh, moving past your arrest, obviously you were awarded bond and, and released to be able to build your own defense out here, which I'm sure you have definitely enjoyed your freedom uh, to be able to have that time with family as well as, uh, you know, build your own defense. Now, currently you are going pro se, which means you're defending yourself. Is that correct? No, that's accurate. How's that look? What's that like? Well, it's stressful. You know, um, so I've got a I've got a hearing coming up this week, uh, second hearing on this for the judge to um, to, I guess, determine my 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 competency or or, or my my, uh, you know, my 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 clarity of mind and uh, and, and ability to defend myself. And then, uh, I guess, uh, inform me of my rights and the risks associated with the with doing that, um, I don't. I don't know how it's going to go. He, he hasn't been too responsive to uh, the motion to for change of representation, and um, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. It seems like they're trying to to push uh, a court appointed attorney uh, down. They have not did that, but it, it seems like that's that's what they're attempting to do, or that seems to be what they want to do. Um, everybody that goes pro se, you always have a standby counsel, right? So you have a, an attorney that sits in the room um, that you can, I guess, use to answer questions or ask whatever, you know what I mean, to ask them uh, stuff if you wish. But um, I guess you know, my you concern with it is, and we'll see how they how, how it plays out for me. But my concern with it is, is, is that person been granted any power of attorney, right? So, no, they're there simply for uh, for consultation. Yeah, and that's that. That's fine. My my my. At this point, um, with the you know, I had I had a an, an attorney um, for from before I was arrested all the way up until you know like a month ago. Um, it, there was concerns along the way uh, with that, um, but the reality of it is 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 I was looking at replacing that attorney with another attorney. And I mean, we've talked about this offline, you know, personally or whatever, but um, I've seen people with $100,000, $200,000 attorneys um, that, you know, that that didn't have any evidence against them that that were that went in there and were found guilty. And I found people with public defenders that went in, you know, and got, the, you know, the same charges. Right. So for me, it, 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 it kind of has came to the point where it's it, it looks as if it's. Um, there's 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 not a whole lot of of a benefit um, to it um, for me based on my, the particulars of my case, um, the evidence that they have and don't have. Um, you know, I don't I, I, I weighed the the risk uh, reward benefit, and there's not there's not really anything that can drop off of this. You know that that like an attorney could skillfully navigate through with expert testimony and quite you know what i mean to uh to to get this so it's going to be whatever it is right and um from from you know research that i did and 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 attorneys that i've talked with that were you know friends or 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 i've hired over the years just you know just asking advice to um there is some benefits to retaining your power of attorney in a criminal hearing right so there's certain things that's uh 
that's in those the contract that you sign with the attorney saying that that you agree to let them represent you on these matters and that they're allowed to speak on your behalf and and communicate with the prosecution uh, about the details of your stuff and be in possession of it blah blah blah, blah right um there's certain um you know united states codes and 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 you know uh laws that have been passed that you know what i mean that that are cited inside there and in the fine print it says that you know what i mean that that there are certain things that are are waived on my behalf because i have hired this person to do certain things for me right um i i felt like you know what i mean with with every big decision in life joe um i just i take it i, I take it to the lord right and like lord just tell me what it is you want me to do here you know what i mean you know why I was there, you know what I did and what I didn't do, you know what's in my heart, you know what my intentions were, and you know what they're doing, right? So just just tell me what's the right thing. Do I do I go find another attorney? Um, do I do I do I try and do this on my own? What is it? And uh, you know, the 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 answer just came back that like like you know, don't worry about what you're gonna say, don't worry about what you're gonna do. Like like it the words will be there when when they need to be, you know what I mean? And you know, it's whatever, whatever the plan is, is, is what it is. And it's pretty clear to me that that's, that's, there's not been, there's not been that, that pull in my spirit to, to go out there and get it. And it's not because I don't have access to it. You know what I mean? I have, I have the what, numbers of attorneys. What are you currently charged with? Currently charged. So when they did the second indictment, um, it went from seven to five. So I've got five felony charges uh, from, I might have it right here. Uh, I hate to say it, but at least they're headed in the right direction. You know, yeah, taking charges yeah, away yeah, from so, it instead of adding uh, the civil disorder. Uh, that's eighteen two thirty one. Uh, entering, remaining, or restricted building or grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon. Um, that's uh, seventeen fifty two. Um, I got three seventeen fifty two. So this is uh, this is that's the seventeen fifty two is what the the assault against a federal officer falls underneath. Um, and then that's where also the, um, uh, the, the being in a, or no, 1752 is remaining in a restricted area. Yeah. It's a trespassing one. Basically they gave that's me a three. Oh no, not mine. Is it because um, of the deadly weapons enhancement? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. yeah. So uh, um, <laughs> the great thing about DC is that, uh, since it's a district and, and not a state and it's that anything they want to be a felony underneath these USCs can be a felony. So it's a, it's a, yeah, but it is the deadly weapon. All, all of them, all of them have uh, entering and being disorderly or disruptive and engaging. The one is in, the one is engaging in physical violence and restricted grounds. Um, and then I've got the, um, the, the, what is it? The two, two thirty two two oh one two two twenty the, 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 the interfering in a congressional investigation or whatever, disrupting a congressional investigation. Um, and then I got uh, uh, parading and what is it? Uh, protesting. Parading, parade, picketing. Yeah, and picketing. Um, the, 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 the one you said is uh, interfering. Is that the obstruction of an official proceeding? The yeah. 1512. <laughs> 
So um, I got 1504, 315, 72, 231, 1512 um, for, I don't know, a total of like 30 years or something crazy like that. Um, but that's uh that's that's what they charged that that's what they had charged me with uh, i mean you know as well as i do that uh the the that well they, they, if if there was any uh uh signs that said that that you you were not allowed to be at the back of the capitol on the grounds or whatever um i didn't see any at all um well the uh, the government will say that there's only permits for the east side um but the Capitol Police Chief, uh, Stephen Sund, came out and said that they actually had permits for all around the building, that there were six of them, um, but they never told the, the the Intel office, the leadership never told the lower offices um, that they actually had permits for the back. So, I mean, I mean, even like, like I have no idea who pulled the permit. Like I didn't even know you needed to have a permit to, to go stand outside a building, you know, down there or whatever. You know what I mean, I, I didn't even consider that a really a protest. You know what I mean? Like that was, the, the, you know, there were speeches going on. There, it was a rally like the, you know, several I had been to over the last five years before that. And then there, there was a plan for clearly months, months in advance to uh, to march down to the Capitol and to, you know what I mean? If somebody pulled a permit, you know what I mean? At the organizing level, whoever organized the rally, you know what I mean, for the president. I, I have no idea, but it was very clear that the, and, it, and it was televised and put on the news for many months going into that, or at least a month and a half, um, that the plan was to, you know, to, to go down there and, and, and let your presence be known. You know what I mean? You know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen when we went down there. I just kind of figured, you know, singing and, 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 and chanting and, and whatever, but there, nothing violent was was ever in my head or did I envision it happening and uh, was definitely not my intention when when I went to DC that day, um, nor was it my actions in, in actuality, but, um, you know, to speak to intentions or, or thoughts, I don't think, I don't know anybody, I have not met anybody and I've met hundreds of people um, between the, 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 the conferences that I sp have spoke at and, and, you know, through the telegram channels and, and, and podcasts and, and through, you know, different reporters that I did interviews with at this point. Um, and everybody says the same thing. Everybody felt the same way generally that I did um, is that this is what they went there for. This is what their intentions were. And this is what they expected and got down there. And then you, without, without warning or notice, just everything just turned um, quickly. And uh, there's, there's clips out there. I mean, I know you said you played the one the other day, but there's one very clearly where I'm, it's, it's actually the picture they put in, like, this is the face that they put up every time I'm, I'm on my local news channel here, or uh, some ass clown on YouTube decides that they're going to run another update story on me because like something was filed in the court. And you know, that they've got some shitty podcast that nobody watches. Um, you know, that's being funded by somebody to just trash January six people and and the the prior administration who hasn't been in power in DC for three years. Like, I don't know, it must be a really horrible life that, that that's what they've, that that's what they've, you know what I mean? Like that's the, the, the apex of their, of their day or their, you know, what they do for a living. But um, is this a picture where like you can see me and it looks like I'm yelling um, mainly because there was 
a million people there. So if you're communicating with somebody, you're, you're going to have to talk up. Um, but but in that in the clip that I got, I'm clearly asking like why like like who authorized deadly force to be used like like who authorized the flashbang grenades like why are you guys shooting that into the crowd there's kids there i mean like that was instantly where i went to when i was walking up there like you've got to be kidding me like like somebody's going to get really hurt you know yeah I mean? they actually put out uh documentation advising the officers to not fire projectiles indiscriminately into the crowd um but we all know how that went um i guess i guess i guess they didn't put the cover sheet on that tps report it must have got lost in the stack you know what i mean <laughs> right right so um you know heading up into your your hearing have you had a, a motions hearing or any type of um delegation done before your before you went pro se so there was definitely a motions hearing that i didn't have to attend um but there was there there was a deadline set what has or hadn't been filed um, I don't know. Like that's all information that I'm trying to gather here at this point. They're the one of the reasons why um, me and my previous counsel, uh, or I made the decision to to split ways, uh, was because um, just a lack of of what I was seeing being done. Um, and I, I had some people go into the uh, I, I forget what the name of the system is, but there's a system that you can get access to. You can see, you know, you can run your name and see what's been filed and what's in the courts or whatever. Um, so I was asking, you know, what I mean, like where we were, um, there was there was a few occasions that he was I, I didn't feel comfortable you know, speaking with the particulars of the strategy of what we we're going to do over the phone. So um, there's supposed to be travel here to, to talk in person and stuff like that. And 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 didn't happen for like three times. So um, I, I don't even, I, I, to this point, I really, it's really hard to research how things are done in the courts in DC, right? So I can find a lot of examples and a lot of things about how things are done at the state level and the county level and, you know, in criminal cases and tort cases and whatever, uh, but even at the federal level, but DC seems to be a different animal. And this, this court seems to be operating in a manner that's not the way that I'm I'm reading even in the federal sections, right? So um, I don't know if I have to refile those motions if I agree with those motions um, that were filed on my behalf because he's no longer representing me or not. Um, I guess that that's that's information that I'll, I'll find out tomorrow when I go to court. But well, I think if anything, um, you'd be able to file an amended. You know what I mean? Because he if he did file them, then they're on record and they always put in there without objection from the defendant. Um, right. And so then uh, you go in there and say, no, actually, I do, you know, I have objected and this is the amendment I wish to be made or this is a, a new motion I wish to be filed, you know, whatever. So uh, we can talk more about this offline and try to help yeah. you out as best I can since I've been through this, uh, this mess. I did not defend myself pro se, but I understand the procedural aspects of the, the federal court system in the D.C. District Court uh, rather intimately um, because I spent every waking hour of my life uh, studying case law and, um, you know, going over their rules and procedures and the, the rules of evidence, et cetera. So yeah, yeah anyway, I can help you, bud. It's, uh, it's, it, you know, that's, that's what, you know, I, I think any, any person in our position would, would be attempting to do, but it's, it, you know, it's so hard to be able to focus, you know what I mean? On it, you know what I mean? You've got so many things on your mind and, and, and foremost is like, taking care of my family without having work for all this time. You know what I mean? I'm out just trying to get work wherever I can. Right. So I can't get a job with, uh, 
you know, a, an established business, you know what I mean? Because when they run the, just the public trust background, anything that deals with in the public or with money, they're going to run a public trust. And I come up as a, as a, as a security risk and, and uh, a domestic terrorist. Right. So if, 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 if pretty much the position that I think almost all, if not all January six people that, that are, are, are pending their cases and haven't had them concluded fall into is that like, if you don't know, if you don't own your own business that you can continue to operate after this and continue to work, or you don't know somebody personally who really knows who you are and is willing to hire you, like you're in a really bad spot. And for me, uh, I mean, I lost my job with the government. I did have a small business that I had started uh, before I had went on direct with the government that I just hadn't been doing work under for, you know, conflict of interest reasons. But, you know, just like within, a, you know, three months or so after they indicted me and arrested me, the Department of Homeland Security took the additional step to go to send a notice over to the FAA and, um, and, and have all of my FAA licenses. So that, that would be, you know, my pilot's license. I had an airframe and power plant license, which is like a, you know, the, the mechanic certificate to, to fix anything. Um, I also additionally had uh, an inspection authorization license, which allowed me to sign anything off on anybody's aircraft, anything that flew really. And then I was also a designated airworthiness representative for the FAA, um, which the FAA could use, but I was using it in context of my job with the U.S. government because I was a, a senior systems engineer for, you know, for this project office, um, you know, doing, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, military helicopters, not U.S. military helicopters, but ones for other countries. So these were like what we would call the commercial off the shelf helicopters. So if somebody say they wanted a Black Hawk and they couldn't, this country couldn't get a Black Hawk because they didn't, they weren't on the list of people that could actually buy a Black Hawk helicopter because it's, you know, because the United States Army paid for it and, and we're still flying it, right? They could ask for a medium lift helicopter with these capabilities. So maybe we go and we say, well, we can give you a Bell 412, which is kind of similar to a Huey, like a civilian Huey with four blades. And, and we can put these gun systems and these radar systems on it. We can give you the capability of having a medium lift helicopter with these systems on it. Cause that's what you want a Blackhawk for. And, you know, we would manage people to manage the program of the building and integration of these things. And, and, and our engineering department would deem it to be airworthy, the final product, and then we deliver it to the country. So um, these would be coalition partners like, you know, in South America and Africa. And, um, you know, we, we were supplying the Afghani um, forces and, and Iraqi forces during those campaigns with, um, you know, their, their, their military with, with, with the MI-17s and the, and the little birds or not quite little birds, but they were, that, that's a great example is because like we have Melby little birds, but um, I, that was one of my programs was the MD-530, the armed MD-530, which is a very similar aircraft to, to what our special operations flies. So um, that's what we did, but everything was kind of a one-off and it was taking commercial aircraft and using it for military applications. So weapon systems and, you know, hoist, fast rope systems, like all, all the stuff that our helicopters have on it, radar systems. So there was an integration, uh, an engineering and integration process that went along with these. And that's that's what I did for the government was integrated this military equipment um, and deemed it to be airworthy for, for the U.S. government. Um, so, to but, break, so, so to break this down for the layman, you were the uh, the foreign aviation version of Pimp My Ride. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 like. It was like, it was, who, who was that? That was um, that was exhibit. It was like exhibit meets MacGyver, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, give me a toothpick, a stick of gum, and some duct tape. Trust me, bro. I've I've, I've mounted an, uh, a fifty cal with less. You know, like <laughs> this will work. You know. Nice, nice. So, um, moving forward, uh, what is it? I mean, I know. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I know you're pretty active online. You have a, a page on Odyssey, uh, as well as some stuff that you were used to do in Telegram, but you kind of stepped away from that and uh, in other social medias. Where where can my folks find you if they want to give you a follow? Yeah, sure. Um, you can find me on 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 Twitter. Uh, you can find me or well, not Twitter anymore, Joe. It's X. You can find me on X. You can find me on True Social, obviously. Um, you can you can go to uh, my Odyssey page. Uh, I also have a, a page up on Rumble, but uh, I use it for the the, the Rumble page. I, I usually use for other people's stuff that I came across that I thought was interesting. Um, so um, I'll post, you know, documentaries or, or 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 videos or or news clips or whatever that that other people had put together. Um, a lot of time I use it to like to just to just send out. You know what I mean? Kind of as a blast, like you know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's to this, but it's pretty interesting. Worth worth taking a look at, anyways. Um, but yeah, uh, fairly active on on Odyssey. That's that's kind of been my home for since I got kicked off of YouTube. And um, you know, right now it's just hard to time find time for anything. You know, that's that that was kind of where we were finishing there. So, you know, they pulled those licenses from me, and like I can't do what I did for my entire adult life to make money, right? So I I find my time. Just like uh, letting people know that, like, hey, if they need work done on their car, or if you need, uh, if you need electrical work done in your home, you know, it, you know, you know, or you hear anybody that needs it, can you refer me? You know, trying just going out there trying to find somebody who needs help with something that's willing to pay me, so that way I can, you know, try and, you know, keep things as normal as possible for my kids. You know what I mean? And right. keep things, you know, I don't, I don't want them to. I, I try not to let them see what's really going on underneath, which is just, just just straight chaos. You know what I mean? It's just hard to, you know, that wasn't me. It's, it's a really weird feeling to not be able to put your thoughts, uh, for me to be able to put my thoughts, you know, and prioritize them and, and, and just knock down 50 meter target after 50 meter target. You know, it's, uh, it's just, this process is extremely stressful. There's a lot of unknowns and there's, there's something that it does to you when you, when you drag it out, you know, probably as well as anybody, um, the longer it goes down, it just, it really does wear you down. I'm just, I'm tired, Joe. I'm tired, you know? Well, I can certainly understand and relate to that friend. This has been a, a grueling battle, but hopefully it, it gives you a little hope to know that you're not in this alone. You know, not only do you have a friend in me, but there's an entire nation of Patriots out here that are backing you up. Um, on that note, folks, um, I know he's going to be too proud to mention it. So I have it scrolling across the bottom of the screen. The uh, link has been dropped in chat over here on Foxhole. Um, I, I'm not sure. I didn't check to see if anybody dropped it on Rumble. But um, his Give, Send, Go, uh, it's down there. It's, um, you know, Give, Send, Go forward slash Brian uh, J6 Legal Fund. Um, help him out any little way that you can. And if you can't help, then share the information so that others that are able uh, will be able to help because you know, his family deserves to not be a victim as well. And also being pro se in court is not cheap. Um, you know, it's like a, something like 90 cents a page just to get a copy of your transcripts. And, you know, transcripts can be 
over a thousand dollars easily just for a couple of days worth of court. Um, and that's just one small how they find ways to make up that money that you're not spending on the attorney. And, uh, but, uh, uh, prayers, prayers, there's a, there's a prayer section on give, send, go and, yeah. uh, mixed in with the, uh, what I'm assuming are bots that are just, uh, writing the most atrocious things that you can imagine, uh, in there, like, uh, like, like about twice a week, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a couple of people who either in real life are so tortured that they, they've, they've taken an interest to write me a nasty message and tell me what a piece of crap I am. Um, but, uh, there's, there's also some, some some words of encouragement. And even if it's, you know, I'm, I'm not asking people to write me encouraging words. I'm not fishing for encouragement, but, uh, you know, I, I heard Joe before he brought me into here, he, he showed the section of his website that had all those legal, the defense, uh, give, send, go links on there. I think you said some like 120 or 150 of them or something you have up there. Um, like that, I can tell you from somebody, who, who goes in there and reads them like, like the first place I go to is the prayer section um, to see, to, to, to see what's in there, to sort of read that even before, like I go to see if anybody dropped any money in there, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like prayer, you know what I mean? Message section inbox. Um, and uh, it, I can tell you that in my life experience, uh, which has been wide and, uh, and, 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 extensive you know just just because of being in the military and traveling the world with working for the government um i've seen it and experienced it too many times like prayer prayer is is, is so powerful and it does work and i can tell you from being somebody who's who goes in there and reads those messages that those words of encouragement um to somebody who's been fighting this fight and just is you know it's got the goliath of the department of justice just you know what i mean threatening and 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 literally just like putting their boot on their neck um like that that picks you up when a total stranger you know what i mean tells you that 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 you're on their heart and that they're praying for you and that um you know they just they, they, that that they're behind you you know what i mean it makes it makes all the difference in the world it really does no absolutely um my my prayer section is by far my go-to um on my gifts and go as well. And even the haters, even the bots that, you know, put in some of the most atrocious things, it gives oh, me yeah. a good chuckle. It does. I, I answer back to him too. I, I do. I answer back to him. I'm like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Bless you. I, you know what I mean? I pray blessing and, and releasing you from this anger that you have. Cause I don't really know if it's a bot, but if it is a person, I really hope that whatever it is, that's got them in that position that they would do that to somebody that they didn't know that, that they are released from that bondage and that torment that they're under. And, and find a way to have some peace. I mean, I'm not angry at him for sure. That's for sure. No, I even give him some airtime on my podcast, my audio podcast on Spotify. I'll, I'll read the, uh, the hate comments and say a little prayer for him. They're live, you know, um, get, get, have some fun with it. You know, I had a, a one that was named pastor Kevin that I was his favorite for quite some time. Pastor Kevin boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah from the lighthouse church. And uh, I feel bad for his congregation, but in any oh, no. sense, um, you know, so pastor, it, wait, is he the TikToker pass? Like there's a pastor on TikTok that I thought was like that, that, that advertises like where the, he alleges the Bible condones homosexuality and swearing uh, and whatever else. I mean, I've gotten into it with them on there and I don't engage with anybody on TikTok. I think it's an atrocious platform. However, my sister who's uh 30, has the attention uh, span of a nap. So if it doesn't flash 
and it's more than like a, a minute and 30 seconds with, without, you know what I mean? Jingly things. Like I can't keep her attention. So I, I realized I wasn't going to get her to watch any of my 17 minute videos. That's way too long. So uh, I started, you know, just taking clips and putting them into TikTok specifically for her. I, I made a TikTok just for her. Um, and uh, I that came across my scroll and I was like, man, Lord help you on judgment day. Like what you are saying is like, like it literally says it's, this is blasphemy. This is taking the Lord's name in vain and it is unforgivable. It's like, it's it, pedophiles and murderers can be forgiven. What you are doing cannot be forgiven. And it's very clear. Like you, like you, whew, I wouldn't want to be you buddy, right. you know? And uh, yeah. he, oh, he did re-engage. He did re-engage and he was, I think it's the same person that you got a special one there, then Joe. Yeah, he he loves me. <laughs> uh, but whatever. Um, so help out with his gifts and go, folks. Send some prayers, send some encouragement. Um, if you can't afford it, you know, don't put yourself out too much. You know, too much. But if you can, send some uh, funds his way to help him in his legal battle. Um, I know it's not easy. I've been through this, and uh, I'm you know honored to call you friend. And there's you know much more to come. This isn't the end. I think this is just the beginning of a of a beautiful saga. And we're all about to reach the climax before uh, before it all calms down and freedom will ring. And that is something that I look forward to and hold the hope that God's will will prevail. And um... Amazon, Amazon, everybody buys things off of Amazon and then they give their money to China or they give money to leftist, communist, Marxist programs they support what we despise so vote with your dollar folks stop going to amazon i know there's nothing out there that is going to help america first small businesses especially those that are veteran owned and is a good enough competitor to amazon to make it worth your time you are wrong mammothnation.com frontline competitor to amazon Everything that they handle is strictly vetted to make sure those companies are America first. And they focus a lot on veteran-owned small businesses. You can get everything that your basket of deplorables may need to be filled with. Get whatever your patriotic heart desires. And they are offering a wonderful 30% discount. So you can help and vote with your dollar. Get the things that you want, the things that you need, and tell Amazon where they can stick it mammothnation.com get a 30% discount by using the promo code of freedom j6 that's freedom the letter j the number six tell them pi sent you mammothnation.com promo code freedom j6 and start focusing on america first and telling china to get out of our pocket and tell amazon where they can go next um outside of this what uh I'm just going to give you the floor. Is there anything that you want to share? Um, what would I like to share? I mean, I, I would like to say that I, I, I'm probably preaching to the choir with the people that are, are logged in and, and watching this podcast, but uh, maybe the people that they work with, maybe their family members, maybe um, just, just the people that they associate with in the recreational stuff. Uh, be vocal. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they, like there's 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 what i consider like 
sins or crimes that you do, the acts that you actually do. And then there's ones that you know are happening. There's atrocities that are going on. And it's like kind of like the sin of omission, right? And and if you don't stand for the truth, right? If you if you believe it to be true and you know it's ringing true to you and you know that there's something wrong, even if you don't know what it is, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to speak up and let that be known because there's power in that because you've made a decision to be counted to be vocal and you don't really realize what the effect is on the people around you that maybe kind of are thinking something like that or maybe they didn't they didn't even have ever thought about it but seeing somebody be have the courage to just open their mouth and say you know Hey, I, you know, I don't think those guys were all terrorists or I don't think that that is necessarily true, whatever the matter might be, and just speak your truth. Um, I think I think that's an element that we've been missing. And I've, I've, I've been encouraged by by seeing more people start to engage with these things uh, across the platforms um, at the conferences um, and, and stuff like that. However, I still think that there's 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 a fear of, you know what I mean. If I speak up, like I'm going to be targeted, right? And that's that's a real that's a real possibility, depending on the situation. And I don't want to I don't want to downplay that for anybody that's listening. However, it is of my opinion, and I think maybe if 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 people kind of really stood back and looked at it from the thirty thousand foot view, that's going to be inevitable if there's not a if there's not a shift, right? So being being quiet or 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 not being the squeaky wheel is not going to save you once they get done with Joe and myself and and the other people because once they get rid of the the loud ones that we're standing up to make an example out of like make no mistake they have every bit of data on everybody you know what I mean through your phone through your devices they know your political beliefs they know where you shop they know who you talk to what your friends are where you hang out what you talk about what what gets your interest they know who's going to be the problems, right? And all it is is a simple algorithm search, and they've got the they've got the next round of people that are going to be targeted. So, before that happens, you know what I mean. And we have to, you know, really have the hand of God come down and, and save His people, like in Exodus. I think we could maybe mitigate some of that because we are not the few. We are we are the many. We are the majority, and the act of, of verbalizing your truth or the truth shines a light on the darkness. And it sets an example for the people around you to give them the courage to do the same. And, and, and I think, I think the more that that happens, the faster this, uh, this tugboat, if you will, will start making that turn. Cause like we've been in the turn heading the right, you know, back into the direction of the truth and the light, but it's been a really, really slow one, you know? So, um, I think that would make all the difference, you know, and then uh, just if you do know somebody in your life that's 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 being unjustly persecuted for anything, not that's just necessarily this. But but but, you know what I mean? Pray to the Lord. Give them words of encouragement. Don't 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 cut them off. You know what I mean? Uh, because you think that, you know, what I mean, because you're you know, you're worried about their phone being tapped or whatever. Just just tell them that you you don't have to talk about their situation or whatever they're being persecuted for. But just tell them that you you still love them, you care about them and, and you're there for them because, you know, that that's been that's been one of the harder things is 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 watching lifelong friends and family members maybe not necessarily write me off, but just kind of 
either consciously or unconsciously just disappear for the last couple of years. You know what I mean, Joe? And yeah. I understand it. You know what I mean? I, I understand that there's fear involved in it, but I think, I think it's time for that fear to go away. Like at what point, at what point is, is their threats and their actions like, like no longer effective? You know what I mean? At what point do we as humanity stop letting the, the psychopaths like, like manipulate our actions, what we say, what we do, you know, out of fear of persecution. I think the time is now, I mean, my time was a long time ago, obviously. Uh, but, uh, but I think as, 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 as humanity, as, as, the, as, as the children of God, I think it's time to, to all come together and just uh, say no more fear. Like, like, the, like, like this fear campaigns over with. And uh, that, that's my prayer. I pray it. I pray it regularly that, that that's, that that veil is lifted, that that revelation is, is given to, to everybody that can hear the spirit and, and they, they, they choose to, you know, the, the, to be courageous. And, uh, well, my audience is full of prayer warriors and, uh, we have some folks that are praying for you in chat right now, um, as well as, um, full of truth warriors and that go out and spread truth to the masses and speak truth to power. Um, so I, I certainly am very proud to, to know and, and to associate with the folks that are here watching right now. Uh, many of them are, are absolute pillars in our movement. And so you have, a you have a very loyal and dedicated army of you like my patriots. Defund the FBI, bro. <laughs> you know, because of, uh, it's funny, you, you show the shirt, um, uh, because you were known as Pepe Patriot, um, I had a, a custom hoodie made for me. And it used to be my logo um, until I realized that I couldn't copyright it. But it's... Let's see. I got to... Oh, look at that. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So on his on his front of his little jester hat, there's a, a pie symbol, which is my initials put together. And so I call him my pie jester patron, uh, my pie jester Pepe. Um, yeah, I got, so I got, I've got Pepe up there. He's, he's up in the, uh, oh, that's my curtains too. Ooh, there, there he is in the nice. corner. <laughs> he's, he's chilling up there. Got, got a lot of Pepe's in here for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, your, your name suit ma makes it suitable friend. Um, yeah, well you see, you see, you see, uh, my, my, my comment at the bottom below my name, you know what I mean? And that's, I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to to be able to to tell my story to your listeners and 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 the people that have uh, been following you and 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 helping you spread the word about the you know the the sink for freedom and and all the other things that you've been involved with. I mean, you're you're an absolute juggernaut in the uh, in this in this conundrum that we've we found ourselves in here. Um, and I'm honored to call you a friend. You've helped me out so much. And I thank you for allowing me to come tell my story again. And, uh, you know, I'll be in touch with you. I'll let you know how this uh, how court goes tomorrow and, and, and where it's headed from here as I go into trial. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, there's some there's some interesting details of uh, of my case involving uh, the what's written on my T-shirt that come into play with some of the specific charges there that 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 might be. Uh, that might that might hit like a like like a like a napalm bomb, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the in a in a dry cornfield. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, not unlike yourself, um, like I don't 
I, I've never quit at anything in my whole life and I'm not going to, I'm not going to start now. So I'm in this until I hit the wall. Like my, my, my head hasn't picked up to see how far I got left to go. Like I'm just keeping moving my feet until I crack it on the wall at the end of it. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it is whatever it is. I, I don't, I don't care how long it takes. So like, <laughs> so I got a funny story to share. When you said that, um, kept keeping my head down and not paying attention how far I have until I hit the wall. Um, when I was in the Navy, uh, we had a uh, radio intercept officer, a Rio. Uh, she, you know, would fly in the back seat of the uh, F-14 Tomcat to run radar for the pilot. And she was new, and uh, her call sign was Dilligaf, which is an acronym, as you know, is does it look like I give a fuck? Um, well, we went to Cartagena, Spain, and we pulled into port, had a couple days to kind of kick back and relax um, outside of deployment. And we all went you know, together and and watched a bullfight, you know, which. I mean, people have their difference of opinion about, but it was an experience, you know, to to be able to witness an actual bullfight in Spain. And then afterwards at the uh, the bullfight stadium had a restaurant where you would eat the bull that they just killed, you know, and have a few drinks and have some fun. And uh, they took Dilligaf's jacket from her and was kind of playing monkey in the middle. And one yeah. of the officers, a pilot, was holding it up and was like kind of like a matador's cape and was like, Olay! Every time she tried to grab it, and so she, being a few drinks of tequila in, thought it would be wise to put her hands on her head like this, like bullhorns, and like stomp her feet and snort like a bull. And then she chased after him, and he went Olay! And she ran into the wall, broke both of her trigger fingers. <laughs> no. So her call sign from that day forward became Toro. <laughs> It's funny. It's funny that you bring up the matador and the and the bullfight, right? Because there's a there's I think I think there's an analogy to, I mean I know this is a January sixth podcast, but to like kind of what we're going through with you know what I mean on a different level of 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 wearing down the evil in this world, um, and uh, and and because it's such a juggernaut of a machine, right? It's been it's been thriving for so long. This corruption and this evil. Um, you can't just go at that bull and take and take the sword and 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 put it through that exact area that you have to go to 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 get it into the heart or i think that's where they do is, is, is they get it into the heart but there's there's a space between like their shoulder blades and it's a very small space it's the only place you can puncture it to to get the it size in there of a quarter. yeah it's like the size of a quarter so like if you were to do that with this I'm, I'm trying to tie it back to, to what we're going through, like the, this machine or this this bull of 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 evil that's just been thriving and 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 you know fueled by corruption in this world for so long that uh, there's no way we'd be able to do it. But it seems like as things go on, I mean, if you're paying attention, there's wind coming after wind coming after wind, and you can see that big tugboat turning right. So it's almost like that matador wearing down this this you know, I don't know. I, the only thing I can call it is evil. And, uh, and, and, and I think eventually, hopefully sooner than later, like, uh, you know what I mean? Our matador is going to come and pop that right through that quarter size spot and just put it right through the heart. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, by the grace of God, obviously. Uh, but, um, that's, that's kind of in my head. I mean, I didn't, I didn't create that myself. That's a, that's a Wano Savin, um, analogy. Uh, um, but, uh, I have a jacket downstairs. I wish I had it up in my office to show you, but I have a jacket downstairs that he signed for me. That's got, you know, president Trump as 
the matador um um you know with the, and the the bull has like a, a brand on its ass that says that it's like deep state you know what i mean like the deep state bull so um yeah it's a I, I think I think I think that money shot's coming, you know, that 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 kill shot. So, yeah, I'm hoping something changes the tide. Um, the analogy I've been using for quite some time, I've actually used it for a lot of uh, tough times in my life because, you know, nothing biblical is ever easy. But it's the analogy of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You know, we we are those those men that are standing in the face of tyranny saying we bow to no man. We bow to God alone. And we're being threatened with the fire of the furnace, you know, possible death, but destruction one way or another. And, uh, you know, whenever I'm being thrown into the fire, I realize that I'm not in there alone. And if I just stand in my convictions, have faith in God, that eventually we'll walk out of this fire un unharmed. We won't even smell like the smoke of the flame. And it will drive those that wish to destroy us crazy. And uh, it will drive them out of our country one way or another. And then we will be restored because the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they came from the flame um, with Christ being in there with them, it drove Nebuchadnezzar nuts. He ran off into the woods and long story short, became, became a believer himself. Yeah. And so I see that as analogous for what we're going through. And um, I hold faith in that. Our God is a mighty God friend and you're not alone in that fire. We stand with you, but, more importantly, God goes before you in battle. He prepares the table for you in the face of your enemies, and he will give you the words that you need to glorify his righteousness in the face of, of this beast. Um, but you I can't thank you. Even, even, even if I'm not delivered from the persecution, I'll still praise his name. You know what I mean? It, it, like that, that's, that's, that's where it comes in. You know what I mean? I believe with every bit of my soul, that the Lord's going to see me and my family through this. However, that plays out, I don't know. But the important thing, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, uh, Jacob, you didn't mean all of these stories about people that were, you know, supernaturally delivered and and, and, and protected, you know what I mean? In, in, in situations where it was their unwavering faith, even, even if he had to stay in jail for two more years, you know what I mean? Like, never never lost faith never stopped praising never stopped giving glory and benefit and that 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 is how it has to be you know what i mean so i mean that, that's not just for me and you that's for everybody that's listening right now don't 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 be wavered by this to quote job though he slay me i will trust in the name of the lord amen it's a beautiful way to end the uh, the interview, friend. I'm, again, truly honored to have you on. I'm honored to call you friend. I certainly appreciate you taking your time and in what you're doing in your fight and trying to take care of your family. Um, I look forward to the day when this is all behind us and we can gather together around a table in communion because that party will be lit. Yeah, smoke some cigars, drink some scotch. Let's do it. I love it. Amen. Now, there you the, go. It's, it's my honor anytime. Uh, you know, I want to thank your listeners for tuning in and listening. And 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 I love you, Joe. I'm here for you. Let me know if you need anything. Likewise, homie. The love is mutual. We're going to dig into some January 6th footage. Uh, we have some body cam that I'm going to start it off with. And then we're going to be focusing on the CCTV from the, uh, the um, Southwest House doors. Um, so if you're so inclined, feel free to, to tune in. Um, I will. Yeah, you're more than welcome even to you have the link to enter. So if you want to come and chime in, you're more than welcome to. 
Uh, but I'm going to, you know how I do it here. I, I play it raw because Kafefi is best served raw. And uh, yeah. you know what Kafefi stands for, don't you? I, I do believe I do, but if, why don't you let me know what you, what, what you're so, referring there's a house bill that's been sitting in the house since 2017. It's been received, but it hasn't been voted on. And it's called the Kofefi Act. Kofefi stands for communication over various feeds electronically for engagement. And so it, it touches on the presidential records of social media and um, inter interaction over the internet. And Dan Scavino and Trump have all hinted at wait until we can tell you what Kofefi is really about. And my suspicion is that it's going to be when they reveal the Q posts and the, the Q uh, communications over the boards um, as being the military operation that people suspect. Um, and so Kofefi is best served raw. We're putting out true information over the Internet, and it's raw, unedited, uncut video footage of January 6th. So that's kind of why I created that tagline of what this is. I I, I love I love the Kofefi tagline for sure. I mean, um, you know, the the, the 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 documentaries that I put out are, are geared towards current events and and historical events and and truth. Um, there there is nothing I believe the single most important thing that we have lost uh, in this country is not only truth in our in our our media establishment and and journalism as a whole. You know. My, my people perish for for lack of knowledge type of thing but but really what's what's what what's more disappointing and and concerning to me is the the lack of concern with the loss of that i mean there's i don't think there's anybody on either side that doesn't recognize that um it's straight propaganda coming out of 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 every source of official media that we have it, it's just it's you know two sides of the same propaganda so that that should concern everybody, and it's it's gotten us. I think I think if there's one thing that I would narrow down to how we really got as far down this hole as we did, it was allowing that constitutionally protected institution to be overtaken by by evil malevolent actors and do what they did to it. And What's your Odyssey tag? Let folks know so they can give you a follow. The 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 Odyssey tag for the documentaries you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, for your 17-minute videos and stuff. It's the um, We the People News. Uh, okay. So if you type in, if you go to Odyssey and just go to the search function and type in We the People News, um, it'll pop up. It's got the, the neon outline of a frog. Um, there's a thousand on there, I think, or something ridiculous. I did one two days ago. Um, yeah, check it out. Yeah, I follow you, man. But that's what friends do. I enjoy your work, man. And you're you're pretty solid. You've grown for sure from when you first started to where you're at now. So I definitely yeah. recommend folks go out and take a listen to you. So uh, thank you again, homie. I want to remove you from the screen. You can leave if you wish, but if not, you know, just let me know and I'll bring you back in. Um, right. But I'm going to start pulling up some of the uh, the live, not live stream, the um, the Video. raw footage from the Capitol. Yeah, absolutely. God bless you, homie. I want to encourage everybody to sing the anthem. We do the Sing for Freedom campaign and have been pushing it for two years. Hashtag sing the number four freedom. It helps revitalize patriotism.
It shows the families and the inmates and defendants of January 6th that you stand in solidarity with them, that you don't agree with the injustices that are being pushed upon them by the federal government, like periodic beatings, macings, destruction of their lives, the taking of their homes, simply for being peaceful. It also brings awareness to the suffering that they go through, to get more eyes, hearts, minds, and voices involved. And for those that don't know, you might ask, well, what, what is Sing for Freedom? The inmates inside the jail sing the national anthem every night at 9 p.m. Eastern from their cells, behind steel doors. And when we heard that, we pushed it out into the public and said, get involved, let's stand and sing with them. So we do, every single night. Thousands of patriots across the country stand in solidarity with American citizens that have not been to trial, have not been convicted of any crime, even though they sit in prison for two years in the most abhorrent conditions. And this isn't just for those that are locked up. This is also for the inmates that have been sentenced who lost their due process rights. This is also for the defendants that are sitting at home on electronic confinement. This is for any of those that are persecuted, prosecuted, and discriminated against because they dared to speak up and say, we love this nation. I also want you to visit the website. Sing the number four freedom.us. Singforfreedom.us is a central hub where you can find everything and anything you need to get involved and help out. If you want to donate to their Give Send Goes to help their families and their fundraisers, it's there and it goes directly to them. No middleman. Nobody's here to get a profit. But it goes help them save their homes, help them get lawyers, help them get what they need to stand up against this tyranny. And you can also find groups that get involved and do tons and tons of things for the January 6th defendants, inmates, and their families. Things that many people might not think of, like getting them phone cards so that they can speak to their families and loved ones. Getting them commissary on their books because they don't get enough food. Legal defense. Research funds. People out here, boots on the ground, getting involved. So check them out. Get involved and speak up. You can also send a voice message for this podcast and we'll broadcast you live so that everybody can hear it and the families can share in your love of nation as well. Oh, say can you see by the dawn? Hey, 